A shocking murder in Toronto, the fight to let Abu Kamal stay in Canada, Home Depot is trashing brand new items, and did Twitter secretly boost US-friendly messages in the Middle East? Good morning. It's Wednesday, December 21st. I'm Nora, and here are today's headlines. We start this morning in Toronto, where news of a murder has shaken the city. A 59-year-old man who was unhoused was murdered viciously in the early morning of Sunday, this past Sunday. His identity has not yet been identified as police are still working to find next of kin. What's particularly shocking about this murder is that police have charged eight teenaged girls with the murder. Three of them are 13, three of them are 14, and two are 16 years old. They are arrested pretty much immediately after having murdered this man. And details are emerging that the girls had met on social media with the purpose of swarming someone and murdering them. Now, just in this past week, Toronto police arrested a 21-year-old man following a pair of, quote, according to the Toronto Star, unprovoked stabbings, attacks on two vulnerable victims, including someone who was sleeping outside. There was also the recent attack this past week in Vaughan of a man killing five members of his condo corporation, the random attack and murder of Vanessa Krapiska, who's murdered at a subway station. Earlier this year, there were three other violent attacks on the Toronto subway system. Desmond Brown of CBC reported that John Tory was promising to beef up security and add more police to the system. We have no idea yet what motivated these girls to undertake their swarming attack. But these other random acts of violence or acts of violence that had been brewing for a long time, it's hard to look at those situations and see how a police officer could have done anything at best, maybe intervene at the moment of an attack. But these are systemic issues. And as the cost of living within the city of Toronto far outpaces how much money people have to be able to live, random acts of violence are going to continue to increase. And we should be very, very, very critical of a mayor who sees policing and not actually funding people to have places to live that are inside or funding mental health supports and other kinds of support services. Because we know that police are not going to make these problems better at all. They will just criminalize users of the subway system. They will just criminalize users of the transit system. Now over to Quebec, where an investigation from Marc Allard for the Co-op d'Information, which is a co-op that owns six daily newspapers within the province, has found that Home Depot is throwing out a lot of brand new items. Now this report appeared last week, but I thought it was worth highlighting because I did not see it get picked up in English Canada. An internal document that Alar got a copy of showed that more than 300 brand new products had been thrown out in a single store in a single day in winter 2021. Now, the objects were worth between $3 and $475. And to just give you an idea of what kinds of things we are talking about here, there were 12 barbecue covers, eight leaf blowers. 60 or so 
packages of light bulbs, about 100 lights. The list goes on and it's quite shocking to read these things and to just know that they are being thrown out. Alar talked to a former high-level executive with Home Depot and, and, and they confirmed that Home Depot does throw out new items and that this has been a practice of the company for many, many years. Now, across Quebec, there are 21 Home Depots. Of course, there's many, many more across the rest of Canada. Considering the news that people are stealing from Home Depot and stealing um, uh, items that are less significant than the items uh, listed here that have been thrown out, uh, it's extremely curious that that connection hasn't been seemingly made within Canadian media. So keep your eye on that one. And to Thunder Bay, where Sarah Law at the CBC reports on the imminent deportation of Abu Hena Mustafa Kamal. He's been ordered to leave Canada by New Year's Day. Kamal moved here to study at Lakehead University in Thunder Bay in 2018. He moved from one program to another and eventually dropped out because tuition fees were too expensive. The combination of changing exchange rates and just the sheer cost put too much pressure on him. Now, to give you an idea of what tuition fees cost for international students at Lakehead, and of course in the rest of the province, uh, law reports that tuition fees had reached $30,439. Since having dropped out, Kamal has been really, really busy. He's very involved in, in the community. He's worked at Tim Hortons. He volunteers for many community groups, including for the Riding Association of local Liberal MP and Cabinet Minister Patty Haiju. He co-founded the Thunder Bay Bengali Club and has quite the support network around him that have been fighting, helping him fight this deportation order. He's also still waiting for a decision from Immigration, Refugees, and Citizenship Canada to allow him to stay on a temporary resident permit. The Migrant Workers Alliance for Change has gotten involved to stop the deportation. And so if you're interested in, in getting involved or seeing what you can do to help out, you can look up more information with them or search online for a petition that's called Stop Abu's Deportation which was launched on December 8th. And finally, looking at international news, this morning an Al Jazeera headline reports, quote, Twitter secretly boosted U.S. psyops in Middle East, report says. The article references a report written by Li Fang at The Intercept, and it goes into Fang discovering different ways that Twitter worked to create a quote-unquote whitelist that exempted accounts run by U.S. Central Command from spam and abuse flags. This allowed them greater visibility on the platform. And so rather than having these accounts get caught up in spam filters, they were able to push out a pro-U.S. message and were operating to shape news opinion in Yemen, Syria, Iraq, Kuwait, and Fang rights beyond. Fang reported that the network included government-generated news portals and memes, and priority accounts promoted information in support of the U.S. military and its narratives. This included, and I'm reading here from Al Jazeera, criticism of Iraq, support for the U.S. and Saudi Arabia-backed war in Yemen, and claims about the superior accuracy of U.S. drone strikes. So if you've seen any debates online about which country has the superior drones, perhaps you witnessed some of this PSYOP. The information broke yesterday, so it's definitely worth keeping an eye on to see just how sophisticated Twitter is 
in helping certain political orientations along on their platform. That's the news this morning. It's Wednesday, December 21st. This has been the first daily news broadcast. And as we mentioned on the show, this is going to be tested this week. So for Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, expect to hear from me as we test this and see how it runs through the, the Sandy and Nora channels. Give us your feedback. Let us know what you think. If you love it, if you hate it, I'd love to hear uh, from you. And we will actually get started for real in the new year. Have a great day.